Thank you for tuning in to Trinity Baptist Temple's podcast. I'm Pastor Kyle Dinsmore, and I pray today's sermon is a blessing to you as you continue to seek the Lord and follow His will for your life. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact us. God bless you. Hey Amen. If you got your Bibles, you turn over to the book of Ruth this morning. We'll be preaching on uh, the, the title of the sermon is A Modern Day Naomi. Uh, you look in the book of Ruth, and a lot of times you think, well, let's look at Ruth. She's got a lot of qualities, uh, and, and, and we've done that before. But this morning, uh, I want to look at this woman, uh, Naomi. And I, as I said a while ago, I'm, I'm so blessed with the women that God has uh, put in my life. Again, my wife, uh, mom, mother-in-law, all the, the women and the mothers in this church are huge blessings to me and also to our church. And uh, again, I just I feel so blessed uh, to be a part of, uh, in any way to, to, to what God has, um, again, blessed uh, this church with. But um, I want to look and see the marks uh, that we see in Naomi, because when I look around at the ladies in this church, I see a lot of these marks, the, the marks of God's grace, the marks of God's design. Again, just amazing blessings, and um, I think it's important for us to identify what we see in Naomi, uh, not just to be an encouragement to our ladies this morning, not just to be a challenge to our ladies this morning, but also to all of us as the children of God. And I, and I pray that's what happens uh, this morning. But one of the things that I want to say before we actually get into the message is uh, when we look at what God has done in blessing us with our, our, our women is he's given ladies some amazing capacities. Um, and one of the, the things that God has blessed women with is emotional capacities. Uh, a lot of us guys are like, we, we can't even get past the word capacity, let alone to understand emotional capacity. Uh, but that you, got, you ladies have something that is uh, just phenomenal, uh, an ability to uh, have emotions, understand emotions, and even communicate emotions where, where us as guys, it's, it's just really hard for us to do that on, on the, for the most part. Uh, the other thing that God has given you ladies is relational capacities. Um, and I think a lot of times because of your emotional capacities, your relation, the, the ability and the, the, the capacity you have to have well-meaning, uh, substantial, uh, deep relationships are, is phenomenal. And so, again, emotional capacities, relational capacities, and then also mental capacities. And uh, that is a real thing, right? Because all of us husbands can attest to how well our wives remember how many times we haven't done something or how many times they've told us something. Amen? There you go. So, uh, again, mental capacities, emotional capacities, relational capacities, all of these are given maybe by God just to deal with us men. Maybe. But I, th- I think there's a greater purpose uh, than, than just dealing with men. Uh, but with all of these capacities, if you will, that God has given to uh, you as women, also comes along uh, the, the pain that happens in this life. Uh, because you can feel, because you can relate so deeply, because you, your, your mind is, is so intricate and uh, tied together with all these things, uh, it can become something that can be painful. It can become a struggle in this life. Again, lots of blessings that come along with this. Again, the ability to, to cope, the ability to, uh, to deal with physical pain like childbirth, the ability to deal with emotional pain. Uh, again, so many things God has given to our ladies uh, to help them in this life, but with these things that help, again, these things that, that God has given to, to enable you to forgive in ways that are amazing to forgive. Uh, God has given you these things to help restore 
to strengthen, uh, to hold together, to give, to love, to care. God has given you these things to do in relationships, in the home, in this world. But again, with these struggles, it happens like this. They can become stumbling blocks. The ability that you have to feel. Sometimes you can overfeel. Some, the ability that you have to, the mental capacity, sometimes you can overthink. Uh, the, the relationship, sometimes, again, uh, they, they can become ways that we get hurt and, and burned. But this morning, as we look at Naomi, uh, I, I want to I uh, ask that you listen. If you're a woman, if you're a lady, if you're a mother, listen intently. Take the notes. Um, and if this is not you, uh, maybe you'll pray this morning, God, I want to be like that. Because we see it's scriptural. We see that's biblical. Uh, if this is you, as, you if, as we go through these things and you say, man, this, this is absolutely uh, praise God, what I'm striving to be, and uh, I, then, then praise God, keep doing it. Uh, and then lastly, if you're, if you're not a female, if you're not a mom, uh, take these. Appreciate these in the women in your life. Uh, not only that, this, these are things that should be in every single believer's life. And so uh, we'll pray, and we'll look at this message. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you again for allowing us to celebrate our mothers and celebrate our, the ladies that you've blessed us with in this church and our lives. And uh, God, I'm, I'm thankful for all the many guests that we have this morning. Again, they could have gone different places that came here this morning. And I pray that this message that you've given uh, will be an encouragement to them, uh, but not only an encouragement, a challenge. Lord, I feel like that your word is for that, Lord, encouragement and for sharpening, Lord, for admonishment. And so I pray that you just use me as a vessel uh, to speak what needs to be spoken and to hold back anything that doesn't. Lord, I ask that you would be glorified in this. And most of all, Lord, that if there's somebody here that doesn't have a personal relationship with you, uh, that today would be that day they enter into it. Lord, they experience your, the free gift of salvation. They experience a new birth, a new start, sins forgiven. And um, I just pray you do that work. And we'll praise you for it. We ask and pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your Bibles there in Ruth chapter 1, we'll kind of be skipping here and there. Uh, but I'm just going to kind of go through these points and highlight them. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about them as we go. But uh, the first point that we see when we look at Naomi is she's kind. She is kind. So again, in your notes, hopefully you got notes. Uh, you can fill that in. And in Ruth chapter 1, we're going to see what, what that means in some other scriptures as well. Ruth, Ruth chapter 1, it says, Now and it came to pass in the days... When the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech. The name of his wife was Naomi. The name of the two sons was Malon and Chilion, Ephrathites of Bethlehem, Judah. And they came into the country of Moab and continued there. And Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died. And she was left and her two sons. And they took them wives of the women of Moab. And the name of one was Orpha, the name of the other was Ruth. And they dwelt there about ten years. So you get the picture here. You got Naomi, her husband Elimelech, and there's famine in Israel. So they leave and they go to Moab, their whole family. They have two sons. And while they're there, they die. The two sons live there with Naomi for ten years in Moab. And that brings us to uh, Malan and Chilion. They die after this period of time, both of them. And the woman uh, was left of her two sons and her husband. So here you go. You have tragedy. You have 
uh, drama, you have difficulty in life, the woman becomes a widow and then a widow indeed. She loses, her son, she lose, uh, loses both of her sons, her husband. She's left with nothing but, again, her daughters-in-law. In verse 6, she arose with them that she might return from the country of Moab. And here's the reason why. She heard, that, uh, heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had visited his people and giving them bread. So the famine was over in Israel, and she really has no other ties to Moab at this point in time. So she is going to go back to her homeland there in Bethlehem, Judah. So, verse 7, she went forth out of the place where she was and her two daughters-in-law with her, and they went on the way to return to the land of Judah. But this maybe poses a problem, right? Because what we're going to see is she doesn't have really anything to offer them. That's what she's going to tell them. She said to her uh, daughters-in-law, two daughters-in-law, go return each to her mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. So she says, you guys need to go home. I'm going to go back home. I'm going to be a widow in the land of my family. You ladies go back and be widows in your homes. And uh, maybe the Lord will bless you in a special way when you get back there. Look at verse 9. The Lord grant you that you may find rest, each of you, in the land of her household. Then she kissed them and they lifted up their voice and wept. And, she, and they said unto her, Surely we will return with thee unto thy people. And Naomi said, Look, go back home, girls. Turn again, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Are there yet any more sons in my womb that they may be your husbands? Turn again, my daughters, and go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, if I should, say, uh, should have a husband also tonight and should bear sons, she would go on and say, Listen, are you going to wait around? Until they got old enough to marry, go back home. Go back home, live your lives, be blessed by God. I'm too old to, uh, to have anything else. Everything's been taken away from me. Again, uh, you ladies can, can feel like this sometimes. I think that you can go through tragedy, you can go through things where you're like, I didn't ask for this, I didn't, I didn't want this. this. Things have been ripped from me. Uh, things are, are going on in my life like this. And, and I just want to say this. If you look at Naomi's response in the midst of her trial, she, the, the nature of, of her person was that she was kind. She was thinking about these other ladies, her daughters-in-law. She wasn't thinking about, well, I'm miserable. She wasn't thinking about, well, I lost everything. I didn't just lose my husband. I lost sons as well. They lost their husbands. Yeah, that's a big deal. But they, they didn't lose children. And I, I, I pray that I never have to feel that pain. But Naomi did. She felt the pain of not only losing her husband, she felt the pain of losing her children. She felt what it was like to, to, to be robbed, as, as some people describe it. I feel like I've been robbed of my children, like something, someone was, they stole them from me. She had every single right and, and every single reason to be able to, uh, to be bitter and even to be resentful and, 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 and to get angry at these daughters-in-laws or angry at her circumstance or angry at life in general. But it was deep-seated in her, I believe, to be kind. In the midst of her trial, in the midst of her hurt, in the midst of her loss, in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of every significant relationship that she had in her life at that time, kindness comes out. Not bitterness, not, a, not vileness, 
Not tearing down, not resentment, not any of these things. She's not, none of those things come out at this moment. But kindness towards her daughters-in-laws. This morning, a trait I think every single, uh, I think modern day Naomi's need to be evident. And again, I think we have a church full of them. I, I know there's been, there's been tragedy and there's been difficulty and there's been great things happen to, to ladies in, in our church and still kindness flows out of you. That should be in every single woman of God. That should be in every single lady today. Kindness. No matter what the circumstances. Again, think about what she went through. In just a, a matter of a few years, her life was completely ripped from her, what she knew. Now, in those days, she would go back home and be a widow indeed. She would rely on others to take care of her. It was a very abased place, a very low place in society. That's why Jesus would, would say pure and undefiled religion is to take care of the fatherless and the widows in their affliction. Those people who are forsaken and forgotten. Widows indeed were those people. And so Naomi, the person who can have every reason to say, my life is over, I, it's, I, I'm going to have a miserable existence from this point forward. Look, pity me, maybe I can go back with you and maybe your families can take care of me. She wasn't doing that. She said, you ladies need to go back and be, live a blessed life. She was kind. Galatians chapter tw uh, 5, verse 22 tells us that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, and kindness. If you're a child of God, period, if you're a man, woman, and you're, you have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, kindness should be an element that's in our life at all times, no matter what we go through. Circumstances don't change the fruit of the Spirit. And so that person did me wrong. It doesn't change the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah, but they, they hurt me deeply. It doesn't change the fruit of the Spirit. Again, this is who Naomi was, and her circumstances didn't change that. Don't just be kind because your circumstances are good. Be kind because it's who you are. It's because the Lord has made you his child and given you the ability to be a kind person. Be kind one to another. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32 says, Be kind one to another. You know what would be amazing? Is if everybody in our society would just be kind to each other. Isn't that amazing? And, and, and we could be kind to each other even on Facebook instead of maybe putting passive-aggressive cutting comments on there, right? Amen? It's quiet. Come on, amen? But we just be kind, but I'm being kind the way I said it. No, it's not kind in your heart. You put it on Facebook because you wanted to be mean. If you want to be kind, you would have kept it in your fingers or whatever. You know. But kind, Naomi was kind, and again, a modern-day Naomi is kind. Number two, she's gracious. If you skip forward to chapter 2, Verse 1, it says that Naomi had a kinsman of her husband's, and a mighty man, he was a mighty man of wealth of the uh, family of Elimelech, and his name was Boaz. Man, I went to Israel in 2015, and, and we went to uh, the place where they believe uh, that, that all of these events happened. And what an amazing story, what an amazing illustration of what God does in our life, how he provides for us. Uh, but this is kind of the, the, the pointing to what God would do uh, through Jesus Christ one day, but this, this man's name is Boaz, and Ruth, the Moabitess, said to Naomi, let me now go into the field. Let me back up just a hair and, and, and fill you in if you don't know the story. Uh, so 
she says, go back to your home, daughters. And one of them goes back. The other one says, no, I'm going back to you, going back with you to serve your God. That was Ruth. So Ruth goes back with Naomi. She goes back home, and she's living with her, serving her God, the God of the Bible. And she says, in this instance, let me go down to the field to glean ears of corn after him in whose side I shall find grace. And she said unto her, go, my daughter. So think about this again. Orpha goes back. Ruth goes with, with, with Naomi. She's living with her. She's, she's serving her God. And, and again, if you read through the book of Ruth, you find out that Naomi is struggling. She's real. She's a real person. She's a real lady. She has real emotions. She knows what pain feels like. She knows what loss is. She knows all those things. She's feeling those things. Yet, as she's back home with this daughter-in-law that really doesn't have a tie to her anymore, but other than the commitment to her and to her God, she's, she's with her. She's living with her. She's living life with her. And, and in this moment, what we see is Naomi still thinking about her daughter-in-law. She could have been about herself still. I'm back home. I'm in my land. I'm around the family of my husband. I'm around my family. I have all, just let me deal with my problems. Let me deal with my emotions. Let me deal with what I'm going through. Ruth, do your own thing. But we don't see that with Naomi. We see her saying, go. Go, go and find grace. Go and find blessing. And one of the great jewels in the crown of any woman is Grace. The ability to extend unmerited favor. Now we could look at this story and we say, well, Ruth kind of earned a little bit of favor. I mean, she, she went back with Naomi. I mean, no, no, no. In the circumstance, she was gracious. She was helping her. She was, she was pointing her. She was doing something for her that she really wasn't obligated to do. She, wasn't, she didn't owe really Ruth anything. But in this moment... She's giving to her. She was being gracious. To extend favor to someone who doesn't necessarily deserve it, hasn't necessarily earned it, is very becoming of a lady. It's very becoming of a mother. And again, it's very becoming of all Christians. That's what we're, we're called to do as Christians, is to give grace as we've received grace. This morning, if you're going to be a modern-day Naomi, you have got to be gracious. And again, I, I think about all the ladies in our church and I look around this room and I think, man, we've got a, a church full of gracious lady, ladies that, that walk with grace, that live their life with grace, that, that show grace in their homes, that show grace in the church. But I, I gotta challenge you and say, if this is not you, if you're, if you're one to be resentful or bitter or you're one to hold a grudge or you're one to say, well, they've wronged me, so I'm going to wrong them back or I'm not going to do to them, this morning, I want to challenge you to take notes from Naomi and strive to be a modern-day Naomi. Strive to be that woman that says, wrong has been done to me. I have received bad. I have received loss. I have received hurt. I have received all these things. Yet what I will do is I will show grace to others just as God showed grace to me in all of my wrongdoing towards him. She was gracious. But number three, she was considerate. She is considerate of others over self. 
Similar to grace, we could say. But Naomi was considerate of others over self. Our theme this year is found from, in, in Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. And it says that we're supposed to consider, consider others better than ourselves. And, and we see that example in Naomi. In Ruth chapter 3, we skip forward another chapter and it says, Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, shall I not seek rest for thee, that it may be well with thee? And now is not Boaz of our kindred. Now think about this. This was of her family. This was of Naomi's family. She pointed Boaz out. She recommended him. She's the one that said, hey, this is an opportunity. This is something that God could do to bless you in your life. And that's where Naomi's mind was, was considering somebody else over herself. She could have said, listen, my time's running out. I got to get busy. I got to find a man for myself. I got to get about, you know, taking care of myself. But that's not what we see with her. We see, I want her to be blessed. I want her to be taken care of. Boaz of our kindred, with whose maidens thou wast, behold, he winnoweth barley tonight in the threshing floor. Wash yourself therefore and anoint thee, and put thy raiment on thee, and get thee down to the floor. But make not thyself known unto the man until he shall have done eating and drinking. And it shall be when he lieth down that thou shalt mark the place where he shall lie. Mark it, and thou shalt go and uncover his feet, and lay thee down, and he will tell thee what thou shalt do. And she said unto her, all that thou sayest unto me will I do. See, what Naomi was recommending to Ruth was to find a kinsman redeemer. To find somebody who is going to see her in her affliction. See her in her loss. See her in her lack. And redeem her from her circumstances of hopelessness. Boaz is a type of, of Christ. Boaz being the kinsman redeemer for Naomi, I mean, for Ruth and us being, being the, 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 the example in, in modern day, we, we would say we would be the Ruth. Jesus would be the, the kinsman redeemer. Again, she's laying herself at his feet to be redeemed from her hopeless state. What an amazing woman Naomi was. She needed a kinsman redeemer. She needed somebody to take care of her. She needed somebody to, to come along in her hopelessness and fix her situation. She needed somebody to change her life and, and to restore her back to a place of, of joy and happiness and peace and, and all these things. But Naomi wasn't thinking about Naomi right now. Naomi was thinking about Ruth. And what a great quality it is for us to identify in her but a great quality for every woman, mother, and lady in here to possess is to be considerate of others over self. And I think about in our home, I think about uh, in, in, in homes that I know of, moms are doing that all the time. Thinking about their kids, thinking about their husband, thinking about what's got to get done, thinking about where the kids got to go, thinking about what has to happen before this happens, and thinking, always thinking of others. And I, I know for me, it's not unnoticed. I know for many of you men and, and kids in here, maybe the kids don't recognize it or realize it as much. But for us guys, man, we need to be thankful for that. When our, when our wives, when, our, when the moms, when the women in our lives are, are considering us, considering others over themselves. Amen. Philippians, I said a while ago, chapter 2, verse 3, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. That's what Naomi was doing. 
That's what many of you are doing, but I want to challenge you again. If that's not you, if you find yourself in a selfish place of life, because you can get there, we can all get there, maybe you're saying, you know what, now is my time. Now is for, time for me to be happy. I've done all that. I've, I've done that for all, my whole life. But here's, the, here's the encouragement to you this morning, if that's you. We don't have an end to that. We don't see an end to where she said, okay, fine, I, I helped other people long enough. We don't see that. There's not a time limit on that. This is a standard. It's not a, a season. This is a standard. To consider others over yourself is a standard by which we should live as the children of God. It's not just a season of life. I raised my kids. I've done that. Now it's time for me. No, that doesn't say anywhere in Scripture. The standard is to keep considering others more significant than yourself. She was concerned for her daughter-in-law's future, even in her loss. Listen to this. She wanted her daughter-in-law to gain while she was still suffering loss. What an amazing consideration of somebody else. I want you to have something added to you even though I am lacking something myself still. What a characteristic of Christ. What, a, what an amazing character trait to have. To say, I, I am in need right now. I'm, I'm suffering right now. I'm at loss right now. I'm hurting. I, it's a difficult season for me right now. But my concern and my priority is that you are blessed. That is a great character. That is the trait that every woman, every Christian should be striving to have. Number four, she recognized the sovereignty of God even in her affliction. So I, I want you to understand, she had real emotions. It wasn't that Naomi was numb. It wasn't that she was uh, some superwoman that uh, didn't have problems or, or didn't, you know, wasn't something that we could uh, affiliate with or, or associate with today. She was real. Uh, we, we see in Scripture when, when she comes back to town, they say, oh, Naomi's back. She said, don't call me Naomi anymore, which means pleasant. Call me Mara. It means bitter. She was dealing with, with hurt. She was dealing. So while she was looking for, for Ruth, while she was trying to bless Ruth, while she was trying to set Ruth up for blessing, she was still feeling hurt. So if we, if we get this idea that she was not feeling something, or that she wasn't having real emotions, it's very clear in Scripture that she was having real emotions. She was hurting. Going back to chapter 1, verse 19, it says, So they too went until they came to Bethlehem. This is Naomi and Ruth. Uh, and it came to pass when they were come to Bethlehem that all the city was moved about them. And they said, is this Naomi? She's come back. She's been gone for so long. She said unto them, call me not Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty. I want you to look at that right there. The Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. And I went out full, and the Lord hath brought me home again empty. Why then call you Naomi, seeing the Lord hath testified against me, and the Almighty hath afflicted me? Now, you would think that this would be something negative that she's saying. Like she's bitter against God. Like that God did this to her. But if you study this, it points to the fact that she recognizes the sovereignty of God. That God is just. Even though she has suffered loss. Even though God has dealt with her life. Even though God has allowed these things to happen in her life. She recognized that he is the Almighty. He is still God, even in the midst of sorrow, even in the midst of suffering, even in the midst of something that God would allow in her life. She acknowledges him as God. It's the Almighty that has allowed this. It's the Almighty that's done this. And it doesn't change the fact that he's still good. 
even though that he has allowed this in my life. So Naomi returned, Ruth and Moabitess, her daughter-in-law, with her and returned out of the country of Moab. And they came to Bethlehem in the beginning of the barley harvest. See, she goes back home. She experiences this. And all the rest of the book unfolds, which we're not going to get to this morning. But again, we see in her a recognizing of the sovereignty of God. And I want to encourage you ladies, encourage all of us this morning with this. Sometimes we get so wrapped up in why God did this or why God didn't do that or why God allowed that or why. Listen, it's going to happen in this life. Jesus said, in this life, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. It's going to be okay. It hurts now. It's difficult now. There's loss now. There's suffering now. Yes, it's all there. Even a good woman, a godly woman like Naomi was dealing with it. And she had real emotions. But in the midst of it all, she didn't question the sovereignty of God. The Almighty has allowed this. Doesn't my hurt, my circumstance, my difficulty, my loss, all these things don't change his almighty nature. And recognizing the sovereignty of God in her affliction, listen, what she does is she opens the door for God to do something that would be a blessing not only to her, but to all generations after. I, I don't know if you, you got that. But with Naomi saying, I'm going to stay submitted to the sovereignty of God. I'm going to still acknowledge and allow my life to be submitted under him. What she does in her sorrow by doing that is open the door for not only her family to be blessed, but for every generation, including this generation sitting in this room right now, to be blessed. They say, how is that? See, through her bitter sorrow, the great blessing of Jesus the Messiah would come. We'll see that in the last point, but point five is this. She recognizes the hand of God. A modern-day Naomi recognizes the hand of God. Not only does a modern-day Naomi recognize the sovereignty of God, knowing and submitting and staying submitted no matter what she goes through to his authority in her life, good or bad. A modern-day Naomi stays submitted to the sovereignty of God, but a modern-day Naomi is in touch with God and in tune with God so much so that she can see at times when God allows her to, to see his hand at work. Ruth chapter 2, verse 20, Naomi said unto her daughter-in-law, Blessed be he of the Lord, listen, who hath not left off his kindness to the living and to the dead. And Naomi said unto her, the man is near of kin unto us, one of our next kinsmen. And they get back to Bethlehem. Naomi realizes Boaz can be her. God has provided for Ruth. God's hand is at work. Naomi comes back, and, 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 and again, because she's focused on God, submitted to the sovereignty of God in her life, even in the midst of her sorrow, she sees this open door with Boaz. She sees, ah, oh, the hand of God. God has done something. God has opened a door. God has made a way. A modern-day Naomi is able to see the hand of God at work. A modern-day Naomi, many in here, go through difficult times and struggles and hurts and, and, and all these things, and you're able to look and see, God's going to turn this out to something good. I may be going through this, we may be going through this, but look how God's working in their life. Look what he's teaching our kids. Look what he's teaching us in the midst of this trial. 
see the hand of God. But when you're not in tune with God, when you're not walking with the Lord, all you see is your affliction. All you see is your sorrow. All you see is your frustration. All you see is the bitterness that comes from it, the resentment. All you see is those things. But when you're walking in step with the Lord, when you're submitted to the sovereignty of God, when you recognize that, when you're living your life and, and you're operating in that grace and operating like that, you're able to see the hand of God even in the midst of all the trouble. When you're in tune with Him, when you're submitted to Him, you can see that hand at work. So this morning, maybe you're saying, you know, I, I don't even see the hand of God at work like that. I want to encourage you you got to get in, in tune with him first. Lastly, she's a testimony, a witness for God. Ruth chapter 4, and I'm going to be done. So Boaz took Ruth, and she uh, was his wife, praise the Lord. And when he went into her, the Lord gave her conception, and she bare a son. Listen to this. And the women said unto Naomi. Now, who just got the husband? Who just got the, the child? Ruth. Ruth got blessing. But look what happens. The women say to Naomi, the mother-in-law, she didn't get a husband, she didn't get a child. They say to her, blessed be the Lord which hath not left thee this day without a kinsman that his name may be famous in Israel. And he shall be unto thee a restorer of thy life and a nourisher of thine old age. For thy daughter-in-law in which, uh, which loveth thee, which is better to thee than seven sons hath borne him. And Naomi took the child and laid it in her bosom and became a nurse to it. And the women, her neighbors, gave it a name, saying, There's a son born to Naomi. Wait, whoa, whoa. Born to Ruth? No, born to Naomi, they said. The blessing was given to Naomi, and they called his name Obed. He is the father of Jesse. And look at the next statement, the father of David. Did you get this? As I said a while ago. Because she submitted herself to the sovereignty of God, because she wasn't willing to let the circumstances, the sorrow, the struggle, the pain, to pull her down, but she continued to be who God called her to be, continued to submit to the sovereign hand of God. She opens the door for God to bring a blessing into her life that would be a blessing both to her then and to us even today. You say, how is that possible? Because we know that through the line of David, Jesus the Messiah would come. That's how it blesses us today. The Bible says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. The women of the city said to Naomi, blessed be the Lord God. It was, it was a testimony of God's hand in her life. Her life then was used to point others to God. Her life was used to, to, for others to be able to recognize the hand of God at work. Again, we see this, this, th these attributes found in Naomi that should be found in every single child of God today. Every single woman of God today. These should be the attributes in your life. Her recognition, her acknowledgement, her submission to God, as well as her actions. See, sometimes we say that, well, yeah, my heart, my mind. No, no. It was in her actions. It was in her decisions. The things she decided, the things that she, uh, she, she did in her life, all pointed to her trust in God as Lord of all. We need more modern-day Naomi's, I believe. The question is this, are you one? Are you ladies, are you a modern-day Naomi? Amen. 
Can you go through these six things and say, yes, uh, praise God, I believe that's in me. Yes, praise God, I consider over, others over myself. Yes, praise God, even in my struggle, I, I acknowledge and I submit to the sovereign hand of God. The only way that you can do this, the only way that you can have these is if you have a personal relationship with Christ. And if you don't have that this morning, today would be a wonderful day to enter into that. To celebrate Mother's Day in, in, in an amazing way, to, to see Jesus Christ come into your life and transform your life. See, the reason why that was, this story is so important, and I pointed out Jesus Christ, the Bible says that he came to this world to pay for the sins of the world. That means all of our sins in here included. He went to the cross. He shed his blood. He was put in a grave. Three days later, he rose again. And the Bible says all who would believe in him will be saved. But that belief is not like I believe in the Easter money, I believe in Santa Claus. That belief is an absolute surrender of your life. That's what the scriptures teach. Jesus said, unless a man forsakes all that he has and follows me, he can't be my disciple. It's an absolute entrustment of our life to Jesus Christ. And if you've never done that before, I'm not talking about you've been at church. I'm not talking about you've prayed a prayer. I'm not talking about you know that Jesus Christ died on the cross and he rose from the dead. I'm talking about any of that. You have, yeah, that's, those are all good things. But the Bible says it's faith. That word faith, as I said a while ago, is an entrustment. It's an absolute surrender of your life to him. Naomi experienced pain. She experienced loss. She suffered in this world. She struggled. She had trouble because sin existed in the world. All of us deal with that in this world today because sin still exists in this world. And the reason why it is that way is because God is still not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. And so if you're here today and you've never repented, you've never turned to faith in Jesus Christ, the only solution to the problem that you have in your life is Jesus. He's the only solution. And you can do that today. We're going to have an invitation. Uh, we're going to ask uh, people to come and respond to the message however you feel led. Maybe you want to pray with mom. Maybe you want to pray for mom. Maybe you want to thank mom. Maybe you want to um, thank God for the blessings that he's given you in this life. Whatever you want to do, however you respond. But if you're here and you've never entered into a relationship with Christ, you can come down here and we'll have a couple men that can show you They'll take you aside, not do anything weird, but they'll just show you what scriptures say. If you're a lady and you say, you know what, I, that's uncomfortable, then we'll have some ladies and they can show you in God's word. Say, that's uncomfortable to come down front, then listen, before you leave this place, grab me, grab somebody. Say, hey, I, I want what he was talking about. I want that relationship. I don't want to go to hell when I die. I want to go to heaven. Tell me what I got to do. But don't leave this place without assurance that heaven's going to be eternal home. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for the, the way that you have blessed this service. God, the, uh, the, the great just presence of ladies here. God, I look around the room and I, I'm so thankful for uh, how you've blessed me, how you've blessed our church, how you've blessed our families. God, we're just um, we're so grateful. This morning I pray that we will take this message and it would be something that continues to challenge us ladies and men alike, God, that we would have these qualities in our life. These would be character traits. They wouldn't just be something that we have during a season, but they would be a standard of living. Lord, I ask you to just bless now in this invitation our response to your word. In Jesus' name, amen.